the fuck are you talking about, okay? I'm your partner, okay? You're not gonna trust me with that kind of thing. Who the fuck are you gonna trust? Trust mm-hmm. your partner. Bullshit, man. Okay, don't talk to me about trust, I don't mind. Some of the, you know, you should listen to your wife, man. She's like, you are an asshole. Some man. of the listeners might be too young to remember this movie. Come here. Come here. I don't even know if I was born when this hey, came out. Fuck you, man! Who put this thing together? Me! That's who! Who do I trust? Me! All right, so you might notice it was a little different here. It's just me today. It's probably just going to be me going forward. Um, This is Potted from the Crib, episode number 36. I am your host, Jizz, a.k.a. Gary, a.k.a. The Last Man Standing. Um, No beef with any of the other members that are no longer with this pod. Just going in different directions. I also want to take this pod in a different direction. But uh, that was that. And I'll probably go into it a little bit more at a different time. But right now, I want to get into a new artist, a relatively new artist that I really enjoy. Probably one of my favorite new artists that's out right now. I've been waiting for this guy, Jay Howe, to drop uh, some new music for a little while now. He had a decent project last year. I've definitely been here. <laughs> I've definitely been here. I can't wait for this project to drop. Oh my god. Probably <laughs> in my bag. About to call my ex. Yeah, I love songs like that. Songs that make you think. Songs that make you want to call your ex when you know you shouldn't, but you probably will. And that's never going to end up good. But uh, I don't want to start there. Well, we started there, but... um. Matter of fact, I will start there. I like Jay Howe, and I've been waiting for Jay Howe to drop a new project since this one last summer. Um, in this day and age, we're used to artists dropping music pretty consistently. I'm used to hearing an artist drop two, three times a year. So now, the way that music is distributed and done, if you don't hear an artist, if you only hear artists once a year, it seems like forever nowadays um and especially when you're just building because he's in the building stages so normally in this stage motherfuckers is dropping all the time <laughs> like like you're dropping every you're trying to catch anything you're trying to get catch some some lightning in a bottle 
grease in the pan. I don't know what cliche to use, but you're trying to just catch. You want to build your audience, and that's the best way to do it by dropping new good music. Some people skip the good part, and they just keep dropping music, but hopefully it's good. And then if it's good, then you build your audience, and then you become famous, and then some people, once they reach that level, they still chase it, but then sometimes you have artists like um Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, Rihanna. I mean, I'm naming the biggest artists. Um, Drake. Well, I guess maybe only the bigger, like the super big artists only drop occasionally. Because I haven't heard a project from Kendrick Lamar in a couple years. Uh, I think J. Cole took a year or two off. Rihanna has taken forever off, I think four years since her last project. Um, Kanye was more of a yearly thing, but I don't count Kanye anymore. I don't count, I don't count gospel Kanye with regular Kanye. So, uh, but yeah, I hate when the artist that hasn't done anything yet is inconsistent. You're trying to build a fan base, but you are not dropping music. You need to be dropping once a month. I mean, if you can afford to drop once a month, I don't know what people's recording situations are, but you need to at least be dropping three times a year, at least. And it needs to be good music. Um, sometimes you might not, you might also, especially if you haven't found your sound yet, this is also important to just keep recording and keep, I would say keep dropping until you find your, your, uh, your sound because your audience is going to let you know what your sound is. Well, you'll, you'll find out what makes you comfortable. And then the people to gravitate towards your comfortability will become your sound. Other than that, you'll be chasing a sound and that's nasty. I hate when people, I can almost hear in the song when someone's chasing a sound or chasing a hit. And that is disgusting. Um, I hate the people, the, the people that do the, um, this is the club record record. This is the one for the girls. Oh, this is for the hood. Don't do it for the hood. Don't do it for the girls. Do it for yourself. That's like the best. Uh, that's pretty much what artistry is, is pretty much doing what you want to do and letting people gravitate towards it. If you're just doing what I want you to do, like you're just like a puppet. Like I don't really care. I care less about your music if you're just making music for the sake of making music. Like if you just want to be rich and famous, yeah, you could want to be just rich and famous, but you need to dress it up a little bit. I don't care what your music is about. I don't care what fuck it was about um, selling drugs, killing people, uh, fucking credit card scamming, love, hate, uh, breakups, depression. I don't care what it's about as long as it's true to you and that authenticity. And one of the things that I like about Jay, how I don't know him, but his music comes across as authentic. His sound is authentic, as deep as soulful. I feel it. I love music. I can feel I'd be in a gym listening to that. I'm not going to reps listening to fucking Jay Howe sing about his ex. Making me think about my ex while I'm knocking out the reps, trying not to call. I listen to a lot of R&B in the gym, um, but more so 
another example of that, one, I have to check out some of our newer music, but I love Sabrina Claudio at some point. I think around like 2017, I think she was making just beautiful music that you can feel and it felt real. I don't know if it is real, but it felt real. You always want to feel that. Like, I don't want to, like, you don't want to watch a movie and you can tell everything is fake. Even if you know, like, this is impossible. At least when it's done in a way where you can suspend uh, disbelief, you can appreciate it. So, even if you don't feel the way that you feel, like when Future's lying about fucking popping pills and doing codeine or whatever, whatever, and a lot of these drug dealer rappers are, are lying about selling drugs or, you know, killing people or whatever, I don't care. I just wanted to feel real. And I wanted to really come from them. And you can tell when music really comes from someone and really comes from their soul, the way that they sing it, the way it's presented, everything. So um, my advice to artists is just to be more consistent out there and be true to yourself and be true to the art form and understand that you may never become rich. You may never become famous. So... What is fame and riches worth? Is it worth your soul, your pride, the, the things you believe in? That's up to you as a man or a woman to, to make those decisions. Some people sell their soul. Some people sell their mother. Some people will sell out their fucking child for fame. Some people won't sell out for a million dollars. Some people won't sell out for a billion dollars. Probably not very many, but there are some true, true artists out there. Um, somebody I felt like there was a true, true artist in that manner was, was Prince. He didn't care. He could have made a lot more money than what he made had he allowed his music to be sampled more and to be placed in certain areas. But he was an artist in the truest form, not just because he learned to play all the instruments and did the beats and wrote the songs and... <laughs> Oh my God, yeah, Prince was, he, he was that. But um, it's not too many artists, not too many people out there that's going to stay true. And I just hope that, you know, listening to this encourages, you know, new artists to stay true to who they are and don't sell their souls and don't sell themselves short. If it's meant to be, it will be. There are billions and billions of people out here in the world. Everyone loves music. So it's just about getting to the people that's going to love your music. Don't chase them. Let them chase you. You put it out into the marketplace. There is a marketplace for it. You don't have to fucking go, oh, the girls are over here. Let me go make a record and throw it at them. Chill out. Like, like the girls don't even be liking that. Like, play it cool. You niggas ain't playing it cool. <laughs> niggas is not playing it cool at all. But yeah, so this has been a real rough year for music for me. I haven't found too many new artists that I really love. I feel like last year was a good year. The year before that was a good year. This year is a slow year. And I don't know if COVID has done it. I mean, they're blaming everything else on COVID. So maybe, uh, <laughs> I don't know, because you niggas is in the house and you have the recording equipment and it's nothing else to do or wasn't nothing else to do for a while. So you should have been able to pump some, some shit out. 
but you just literally been pumping shit out and that's the thoughts say i don't like that it's ion like that uh yeah i can't think of any new artists this year i gotta listen to some new stuff that came out there are projects that came out that i like but i can't think of any like unsigned no hype artists because i go find the unhyped artists and i listen to them over and over and over and over and i can't really think of that uh even kiana letty was i think that was two years ago she dropped a great project this year best r&b album of the year in my opinion tank is an older artist at this point she dropped a great project this year but i haven't found anyone new please send me your music i i, I need it i need some new music um rap r&b i don't care even take some rock whatever um, but anyway, moving on. Um, what what do we got here? Um, Chadwick Boseman just died. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, best known for playing the Black Panther. He also played Jackie Robinson in the movie Forty Two, as long as well as a host of other movies. Um, he passed away from colon cancer. Apparently, he's had colon cancer for the last four years. We I talked about, or we at, the, at that point talked about. Um, about Chadwick, he was looking sick, extremely sick. He was looking frail. You could tell he had lost a significant amount of weight. And you can kind of tell when someone's sick. I've been around sick people. I've had sick family members. I've had people pass away from cancer. And it's just a look. It's a certain look that they develop and they have. And he had that look. And um, you could just tell something was wrong, but you didn't know what was wrong. And you're used to you know, celebrities putting that out there. You're used to celebrities letting you know what's going on in their life or someone in their camp leaking that this person is sick. And somebody actually did. Well, I don't even know if someone leaked it. I mean, it was kind of obvious from the pictures that were, were shown for people to draw that conclusion that he was sick in some way. Um, but the fact that this man was sick for the last four years, he had colon cancer for the last four years, and he's been going through surgeries and he's been going through uh, chemotherapy. And I've come to find out that he's been, he was filming, he was filming movies in the meantime, between surgeries and chemo, this amazing man was still filming, still moving forward, still doing promo, like, that's amazing. Um, I've seen people go through chemo. It's, it's rough. It's rough on them. It's tiring. I've seen people go through surgeries. Not just like a broken arm, not a broken leg, but like surgeries where your, your internals are being cut, cut and, and snipped and I've seen real health complications and I, I've seen the toll it can take on people and for him to still be working and still putting on a smile for people. And last time I saw him, he was talking about an organization for the kids and, and helping kids with cancer. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing, man. It really, it really made me uh, reflect on, on legacy what will our legacies be? And it, it made me, I mean, throughout the course of the last year or so, I mean, I've kind of been trying, I have been trying to work towards being a better man. How will I be remembered? That never really mattered to me. 
because I always figure, I mean, realistically, you know, a thousand years from now, nobody's going to remember us anyway. I, we don't know too much about the people that lived a thousand years before us or a thousand years before them. Not specifically, we know things that happened and, um, certain people that, uh, had a certain impact, but we don't really truly know. And we know the stories that were told. We don't know what actually happened, but it made me think like, you know, I just, uh, I just want to be a uh, more positive and life is short, man. That man was 43 years old. Kobe Bryant died this year. I believe he was 41. He would have been 42 this year, if I'm not mistaken. His birthday just passed. You know, um, a lot of people are passing from COVID and things of that nature. And I just found out Cliff Robinson, former NBA player, he just died at 53. Like, this, that's not far off. Like, as you're moving through life, like, I realize my 50s aren't that far off. My 40s aren't that far off. 60 isn't that far off. <laughs> like you start to really realize, especially as people start passing that are at these ages that you're not far removed from these ages. At 20, you're not far from 30 and 40 and 50. It seems that way. It seems like you are. But if you really think about it, you're, you're truly not. Time flies. You'll be, I'll, universe willing, I'll be 70 in no time. Or it'll seem like no time because time is relevant. But that that's another just conversation for another day. But I just wanted to send my condolences out to Mr. Boswick's, Boswick, Bozeman's family and his friends, his children, and the people that love him. Um, that was a shocker. Despite how he looked, I mean, I thought that maybe he was sick and, you know, he would bounce back or, I, you know, I didn't know any, what he had, but it was, it was colon cancer. And uh, that's, uh, that's one of the rough ones. I mean, cancer is never good, but obviously the, the mortality rate is higher on some than, than others. Uh, so, you know, he gave us inspiration through uh, Jackie, playing Jackie Robinson, the first black MLB baseball player in the history of the MLB um, and also playing Black Panther, although a fictional character, still inspired a lot of people. Um, so again, uh, just rest in peace, Chadwick, and rest in peace, Cliff Robinson. Rest in peace to everyone who didn't wake up today, yesterday, or any of the days before that. Uh, so I'm going to move on now. I don't know which one of these I want to touch on first. I'll touch on, touch on Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock versus LeBron James. Jason Whitlock, for some reason, if you don't know him, he was a sports anchor on uh, ESPN, one of those shows, but he's recently been not renewed. I'm not going to say fired. His contract has not been renewed. And he started his own... Um, show I guess I don't know I, I had no knowledge of the show that he's doing now on whatever program or maybe he's on YouTube I'm not sure and this is no shot I really just don't know where the show is I saw it on a blog site and I only saw it because he was dissing LeBron he called LeBron a bigot and this isn't the first time that he has um 
spoken out against LeBron, and I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, even though I'm a Lakers fan as a player, but as a man, he's he comes at this guy as the man. He accused him, I, I want to say, um, if I'm not mistaken, he accused him of, of writing or having someone write uh, racial slurs on his home in Brentwood in the past. Um, now he's, he's calling, he, he hints at LeBron not being intelligent because he didn't go to college. <laughs> because he, it, I'm sorry, but not only because he didn't go to college, because he didn't go to college and because um, in this latest thing, he says that he wasn't required to meet certain um, scholastic levels. <laughs> He wasn't he wasn't required to do what the other kids were were supposed to do in high school. So therefore, he's not a scholar, which is idiotic. I learned barely anything in high school from high school. I learned plenty, plenty <laughs> on my own. I know about stocks, bonds. Um, I can speak a little bit of some languages. I know about history. I know how to write. I know how to read. I know how to speak properly. Uh, I know. I know math. I know a lot. I mean, I got. I can hold conversations with a plethora of people, and know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like learning doesn't stop in a classroom. It's, it, it doesn't even have to start in a classroom. That's up to you as a person. If you thirst truly thirst for knowledge, you will find it, and you can become intelligent. And some people, just like some people genetically are better at basketball or football or running or jumping or lifting weights or, you know, growing their body to be a certain way. Some people mentally are, you know, prodigies and they just pick things up. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, I don't understand why he has to insinuate that LeBron James is not that smart. And now he's calling him a bigot. He's calling him a bigot. In fact, let me see if I can pull this clip up. This is so much easier when you have a B or a C mic, but I don't because I am a man alone now. So um, <laughs> I typed in Jason. The first thing that comes up on YouTube is Jason Whitlock Coon. Oh man, he used to hate on Kobe too. I, I never liked Jason Whitlock. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's his lane. He, maybe he wants to be the Floyd Mayweather of fucking of fucking TV, whereas though like people listen to him and because they don't like him, but let me see. Let me pull up this clip. It's a long clip. I'm trying to just pull up some specific points about who's right or who's wrong there's time to figure that out but lebron james he just said i'm going to pause this for a second he just said that there's time to figure out who was right and who was wrong in the shooting of jacob blake when he was shot in the back i'm a little confused i'm a little confused he was shot in the back <laughs> I, it's not funny that he was shot in the back, obviously. Uh, and our hearts go out to him and his family, of course. But the notion that someone could, their mind could even go there 
to the to to well uh we don't know all the facts of someone getting shot in the back. Well, we know that they weren't putting your life, unless he had a bomb strapped to his chest, he wasn't putting your fucking life in danger, which is the threshold of using daily force, if I'm not mistaken. I know it is for a citizen. Should it be any different for a police officer? I mean, <laughs> because you won't stop doing what I told you to do, I get to shoot you. But let's, let's move forward a little bit. Social media has put these athletes and other celebrities on F. George, who was an athletic prodigy on the ball games. But he put out a tweet, and y'all wonder why we say what we say about the police. Someone please tell me what the hell, what the F is this? Exactly. Another black man being targeted. This shit is so wrong and so sad. Feel so sorry for him, his family, and our people. We want justice. I just, this kind of, this is what we say, uh, this is why we say what we say about police, based on an anecdote or a series of anecdotes. This is a dangerous precedent being set by LeBron James. As a black man, what I fought my entire life and what the generations before me fought their entire lives. Don't take an anecdote or even a series of anecdotes and apply them to all black people. Don't take O.J. Simpson and say, this says something about all black people. So why would I stand here in silence as LeBron James takes an anecdote in Wisconsin, an anecdote in Minneapolis? These are not that. <laughs> this is a history of behavior. There's been a history of behavior of police murdering and beating on black people. Not just black people. They do it to white people and um, all races. Um, but I'm black and I, I, I can speak better for myself and the people that I know and what we have gone through and just I'm more familiar with, with things that are, happen in the black community. And in the 2000s, well, this is still technically the 2000s, but all through the 2000s, they were killing black people, framing black people. Through the 90s, they were doing that, beating them. 80s, same thing. 70s, same thing. So on and so on and so on. And many of the times, there has been little to no consequences for their actions. I myself, I haven't been hit by a police officer. I haven't been shot by a police officer. I've been ripped out of my car. I've been handcuffed and threatened and have them threatened to beat the shit out of me. For no reason, I'm I'm driving the car. I don't even know what's going on. And the undercover fucking pulls me over because I fit the description of a black man that shouldn't have a car, I suppose. It wasn't even a nice car at the time and pulled me out and him and his partner. One of them is white, one of them is black. I don't distinguish. Uh, I've met a lot of asshole black cops. So uh, in fact, I think, I don't think a white cop's ever pulled his gun on me. I think they've all been black, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have friends, they've had the same things happen to them. This isn't, this is not an isolated incident. If it was an isolated incident, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, it would be a big deal, but it wouldn't be as big of a deal. So 
Let's continue. An anecdote with Trayvon Martin. This series of anecdotes over the last seven, eight years. And say, oh, this explains it all about policemen. And we're targeted. And, and we're being hunted. Because the police kill about 1,300 people a year, 300 black people a year. And, so, and somehow, this is a sweeping indictment of the police. Most of those killings are justified. The sweeping indictment is that not only is this happening, but nothing's happening in response, and they're justifying the things that are happening. That is the indictment. There was a police officer a couple years ago in Baltimore. He was scheduled to um, testify against several uh, police officers that had been involved in crimes. I think a day or two before that he was scheduled to testify, he was murdered. Black man, black, black officer. This blue wall of silence, that's the problem. I've talked to many former police officers and they talk about how they can't snitch. They're not supposed to snitch. They can't tell on each other because he said, if, if we do such a thing, the next time we're out and we need backup or need help, if, if we were to tell that someone did something wrong, the backup might take the long way. They, they'll get there when they get there. While your ass is out there fucking dealing with life or death situations. I mean, it is a dangerous job. So let's continue. But, but we don't want anybody, when, when the rampant violence in black communities all over America, in black poor communities all over America, we don't want anybody making generalizations about us, about what goes on in Chicago on a daily basis. This, what LeBron James and athletes are doing is not well thought out. Let's skip ahead a little bit. He's playing basketball, but somehow he's investigating the police and reviewing their behavior. He's not even aware that there's an additional video beyond the little 20-second video that went viral that shows the police with Jacob Blake before they shoot him. On the other side of the car, wrestling with him on the ground, he fights him off, gets up, and walks to the other side. They did try to wrestle him. Kyle Kuzma complained that... All right, so now this is gonna be the last part I talk. You know, I, I have him playing. So, so he's essentially justifying. He's saying we don't know all the facts. There's another video of them wrestling with this man Jacob Blake, and because they couldn't fuck it, there has to be a standard to be a police officer. There's one of him. There's multiple of you. You can't fucking subdue one man with a group of you. I can see, I can understand if it's one of you. I, 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 I get that. I mean, you're not Superman. There's multiple officers. This is the same thing that happened in Georgia. There's, more, there's two of you in Georgia. He's just throwing you around. Maybe you shouldn't be a fucking police officer. Maybe they need to put people out there who are more physically fit. So now because he out-tussled you and 
he gets up and he walks away. So does that give you the right? If I go out there and me and my friends are tussling with some guy for whatever reason, he stole a bag of chips out of my store and we're tussling with him and he throws us around and then he goes to walk away. Does that give me the right to pull a gun and shoot him in the back? Is that justifiable homicide or is that murder or attempted murder in this case because he didn't die? which is surprising because every time you hear about police shooting, they typically kill. So the fact that he's still alive and obviously they were attempting to kill, they shot him seven times in the back. So, I mean, anytime you shoot someone in the back that is fleeing, that's attempted murder. Whether you're a police officer or not a police officer. And for the people out there to talk about he wasn't a good man or he had warrants or whatever, that's for the courts to decide. It's for the police officers to arrest him, put him in prison. He gets a bail or he doesn't get a bail. He goes to trial. They convict him or they don't. The judge gives him a certain amount of time. He comes home if he lives through his time. It is not for the police officer to be the judge, jury, and executioner. Because you are fucking not competent enough to defuse a situation or apprehend a suspect. Because you can't do your job properly, people must get shot. I don't even believe you should be able to taser people. I think you should be physically fit enough to do your fucking job. You should be physically fit enough to apprehend people. You have backup. There's multiple of you. So if you have multiple people who are capable of, of uh, arresting people, of apprehending people, of holding their own and not being tossed around, allegedly, because I didn't see this video of Jacob Blake tossing anyone around. So that's alleged. The one in Georgia, I saw the man, he was throwing niggas around. Uh, and that was Aubrey. Was that Aubrey? So many. It's, like, it, it runs together. I don't think that was Aubrey. Shit. And then you have people like Brian Erlacher who come out and also justify it and, oh, he wasn't a saint. And if people would just comply and. No. No. Even, even a lack of compliance to sins is not death. It's not. They're making it death, but it's not. So, I mean, that's my take on that situation. Jason Whitlock is a tap dancer. I, I don't know. I wonder if he's married. He can't be married to a black woman. He can't. I know he's not. He ain't. Mm -mm. Nah, can't be. Not that guy. Oh, man. But I'm going to wrap this, this episode up. Um, this was episode 36 of Potting from the Crib. Uh, I'll be back before you know it at some point. But anyway, God bless universe, bless, whatever. And the fuck out.